Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Seaton, President and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help small startup and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, you're in for a treat. We have special guests here, Matt and JJ. They are with the Children's Advocacy Center of Southwest Florida. They will tell you all about the programs and the amazing impact that they're making in the lives of so many at-risk youth in our community. But before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast. Hodges University with a campus in Fort Myers. Stay near, go far, they change lives for the better. Trinity Life Foundation, helping at-risk youth in Naples with their enrichment program, AVID. That stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They just opened an amazing center right here in the beautiful Southwest Florida, where they will help you with immigration support, utility, rental assistance, and so much more. Last but not least, Vax Truths. They just received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 in the community for the black and brown communities. So without further ado, Matt and JJ. Good morning. morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for traveling so far to get here. How how long did it take you to get here? It was was a long trek. (laughs) 45 seconds or so. 45 seconds, because actually you guys are right across the street, which is really cool. Did you guys guys drive or walk? No, we walked. walked. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. steps in. (laughs) And did you guys take the stairs up or did you take the elevator? We did take the steps. We took the stairs. We're being productive. Oh, I'm I'm very impressed. You hear that, guys? (laughs) They're not only making an impact in the community, they exercise. Yep. That's awesome. That, yeah. That's awesome. The summer, that might be a different story. Yeah. Right? Right. So, Matt, let's we'll get into your agency, but let's, let's share a little snippet about yourself because nonprofit is special, right? It is. Uh, I know when I started, when I first, I'm originally from Los Angeles, so when I moved to Southwest Florida, I was in banking, I was in government, and I got recruited to nonprofit. I never thought about nonprofit mm-hmm. as a career, and I ran new pro- uh, two nonprofits, and then I decided to go out on my own as a consultant. So, how did you get into the nonprofit world because I know males in the nonprofit world is very, very rare. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, it's pretty interesting, actually. I've only actually been in the nonprofit world in this capacity for a little over a year now. Oh, okay. So, um, prior to that, most of my experience was in child welfare, so hmm. which is what the Ch- Children's Advocacy yeah. Center does, but I was more on the um, government side of it, mm-hmm. um, running case management agencies, oh. and when I saw the opportunity with the Children's Advocacy Center, I jumped at it. So wow. it's, it's been a tremendous year, a great learning experience. To- that, that's really great because oftentimes in, in, in these types of fields when we're dealing with with mental health and children being abused, it's mostly female. Mm-hmm. So to have that male figure, that's great because sometimes, I hate to say it, most of the times the perpetrator is a male. So it's great to see a positive male figure that's actually trying to help them um, which I know makes a, a real difference in the child's life. Yeah, we've definitely seen, and JJ will tell you a little bit about himself, but he comes from a similar past as mine. So we've okay. definitely seen us being males. We have a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. different ability to connect with mm-hmm. fathers mm-hmm. and, and um, some of the clients that we mm-hmm. encounter. Uh-huh. I spoke with someone last year about uh, abuse and mental health and, and autism, and they, they said something really interesting that, that girls actually have the ability to hide it better than boys do. And I was like, well, why is that? Uh, like, how can they do that? But it, it was it was really interesting. So JJ, how did you come about getting into the nonprofit world? 
Uh, yeah, so I went to school uh, for criminology and criminal justice, okay. um, and they had a program. I went to the University of Nebraska, and they had a program where if you worked at the penitentiary, the state penitentiary, they would pay your tuition. Oh, I like that. So, You're smart. <laughs> right? You're smart. So I did that for a while, but then I came to learn that, you know, the shift work and stuff like that really wasn't for me, especially as mm -hmm. I've gotten my own family and stuff. But yeah. um, so I got into um, investigations down here with the Department of Children and Families and just kind of grew from that, just kept climbing the ladder. I got into quality management and then outreach and then in the case management um, aspect of things. Um, but then um, you really start, as you do that for longer, you really start to want to kind of get out there and stop people from coming in there. Mm -hmm. So um, when I saw the opportunity for the prevention, director of pre prevention position at the Children's Advocacy mm -hmm. Center, I, I jumped right at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So before the interview, I was doing a little research and, and I found something to be alarming and it makes sense. So children who have been abused, they're three times more likely to abuse alcohol, drugs, and they're two times more likely to drop out of school. So with your program, uh, how is that number reduced? Sure. So as I believe you know, April's Child uh, Abuse Prevention mm -hmm. Month. So um, one of the things we've really been focusing on, particularly in the last year, is that prevention aspect. Mm -hmm. aspect. So for the last you know, 40 years since we've been around, we've always been doing abuse determinations and then mm -hmm. treatments. So trauma treatments, mm -hmm. therapies, things of that. So in the last year, we've expanded a lot of our prevention efforts. So mm -hmm. um, JJ has a couple new programs that he's working on mm -hmm. for prevention, as well as expanding his parenting program. Um, and then we also have an awareness and outreach prevention mm -hmm. um, that with the help of some of our funders we've actually been able to get out into the community more mm -hmm. um, where we've been identifying curriculums that we want to use mm -hmm. to teach not only children about prevention strategies but adults about prevention mm -hmm. strategies so the goal is we we don't want to see kids honestly right we don't have to right see them, we don't right. want to see them and jj always says you know his goal is to to not have a job eventually i like that i, I like that i'm gonna end child abuse the week before i retire yeah right? yeah so i have yeah. a victory lap yeah I, I like that i like i like the the mindset shift uh, rather than being reactive being proactive and trying to prevent it you know um before it begins so that's really great I know you guys are involved with a lot of partnerships. JJ, tell me about the partnerships that you, um, I guess, uh, partner with other nonprofits for for therapy. I know there's uh, the Pause Program, uh, the Unite, the East United Way House. Right. Yeah. So we do um, a lot of our um, stuff is in internal. So a lot of our counseling and therapy services are done internally. Um, but we do have um, our outreach programs that we're working on, and we've partnered with the Galaceno Children's Hospital mm -hmm. to take our parenting classes that were used to just be in our center and now we're able to take those out in the oh, community. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so we've started those at local community centers. We've started those, um, uh, we're gonna be starting those in the jail later this month or early next month for the fathers that are incarcerated in there. Huh. It's a service that they weren't getting. So um, a lot of the barriers we see are transportation and time constraints. Okay. So by being able to take our services out and about yeah. into the community, it's making us, it's creating a lot more reach for us to get to more people. That's awesome. And I was also, um, um, looking at your parenting course and I know as a parent I have two adult children they don't come with a manual you, mm. you sort of figure it out and then when they become teenagers they tell you they hate you yep. and uh, what a, t a terrible job and I'm like well I, you didn't come with a manual <laughs> right? and then they, I didn't ask to be born you know the whole the whole I don't know if you, exactly. how old your kids are but they don't eventually say that <laughs> no, to you we're getting there, yeah. <laughs> You're getting there. 
So, um, with that said, what, what, tell me specifically what does the parenting class entail? Because I, I like that. I think that's really interesting, especially with, with teen moms. And our culture is different. I know when I was growing up, it was, it was normal to have two parent households. It was normal for your parents to be married. It was normal. I know when I would do something in, in the neighborhood, my neighbor could spank me. Absolutely. Um, our teachers could spank us with a mm -hmm. paddle and all of that is gone. So that level of respect isn't there anymore. So what are you guys uh, teaching parents, I guess? JJ is probably the best man <laughs> okay, to speak about okay. that. So our parenting program, we use a program called Nurturing Parenting. Mm -hmm. um, it's been around since the 80s. It's an evidence-based program, so that means it comes with the pre and the post-test. Um, so we see people, we come in, and the same thing you said, I do their intakes with them, and I tell them, you know, I know you're not excited to be here, yeah. but there, you, there's a lot of really good stuff to learn. You know, I've taken stuff from that class myself that I still use every single day mm -hmm. as a parent. Um, so we can be very, very flexible with that curriculum as long as we're, you know, abiding by the fidelity of the um, of the lessons, right? Mm -hmm. So they come with um, bullet points of mm -hmm. your main bullet points of each yeah. lesson. Um, and so what we kind of tell our staff teaching those classes is you can be creative, you can be flexible as long as you're hitting those bullet points right. through that. So um, we offer 13-week programs for um, dependency classes, which means people that are involved with the dependency mm -hmm. system, which means they've either lost custody of their children mm -hmm. or they're on very thin ice through the court. So they're being asked to mm -hmm. complete some tasks. Um, we offer 16-week classes for those same parents that are dealing with substance abuse issues. Those extra three weeks um, will go over dealing with recovery while you're working on, you know, reestablishing your family and getting everything back together. Um, and then we offer our community classes, which we can offer in eight or 12 week um, cycles. Um, so all of these are free. All these services are free. Totally, those eight to 12 week classes are voluntary. Anybody can take those. Um, we get a lot of people through family court. We get a lot of new parents that want to do that. We get a lot of referrals from the hospital um, who are great partners with us, Galisano Children's Hospital on our community classes so yeah. um, we have 25 classes right now mm -hmm. We do them online, we do them in person. Um, they're five days a week, including Saturday mornings. Um, um, we do them in English, Spanish, Creole, and we even right now have a Vietnamese class. So Really? <laughs> wow, right. that's really cool. That's really cool. So, so Matt, I, I read that you guys are in uh, the Pine Manor after school program. Uh, what exactly does that program entail? Sure, so that's actually another one of JJ's programs. Oh, I, I'll let Matt take it. Oh, it's all about JJ today. <laughs> so, yeah, this is the prevention <laughs> man right here. So. No, the Pine Manor After School and Summer Program, it's a tremendous program for that community. So um, we have two staff who have run it for what? 27 years. 27 years oh, between wow. them. Um, and so they're really entrenched in what's happening in that community um, and they really have great relationships with the parents. A lot of the parents actually went to the program at some point mm -hmm. so now they're sending their kids there. So it's a free program. Um, we run it with assistance from local um, government mm -hmm. um, as well as the United Way. Um, so it's a free program for anyone who resides in the Pine Manor community. Mm -hmm. um, the kids come for about three hours after school. Um, they do lessons around education, mm -hmm. social development. Um, um, we've had some prevention lessons there with yeah. them also and then with summer coming up um, with school being out we actually run the program through summer so we okay. expand it to eight hours a day <laughs> um, and right now JJ and his team are working on identifying some um, field trips and activities that they can get out and do yeah. things that they normally yeah. might not be able to do so um, I know last year they went to um, Ding Darling okay. um, sometimes they go to like Sunsplash or you know activities yeah. like yeah. that so it's a good mix I think of 
education, mm -hmm. but fun. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they run it year round. So. Yeah. So, so why Pine Manor? Did you guys do some sort of um, like data analysis and say, well, this is the area that needed the most because we see more cases in this area? Yeah, it's one of the neighborhoods that was targeted by the county, um, identified due to high crime rates, truancy, drug use, um, some gang activity, stuff like that. So we're really giving those kids a super safe place to come. Um, a lot of them are going home alone or they're going home to single parent households. Um, so um, they can come there. They can, like he said, we have social skills. We do homework help. The one I always love to tell people is the reading dogs. We'll take dogs from our other program, our Beasley's program, mm -hmm. and we'll take them there. And the kids are able to read books to the dogs. Oh, that's so, so cute. when you're learning to read, I, we all probably remember those days yeah. where we were learning to read and it can be intimidating to stand mm -hmm. up in front of your friends mm -hmm. um, so what we'll do is we'll bring the dog there and the kids can read to the dog there oh. just in private just them and the dog and the, and the handler for the dog and they love it and it helps build their confidence and, and it's, it's that's really, really cool mm -hmm. that's really cool is there any outreach to teachers because i know when my kids were growing up and, <laughs> and I would spank them and they got to a point where they told me that their teacher said if I spank them then I can, they can report yeah. me and I'm like what? If I told that to my mother she would say get out the house and I'm like okay so the teachers are reaching the kids but then the kids use it against sure. the parents. Yeah. So any outreach to uh, teachers or education? Yeah, you know, that's something that we've been working on through our community awareness and outreach program. So that's one of our newest programs that we really started focusing on mid last year in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, we have it's a program called Darkness Delight, which is an adult education mm -hmm. um, program. And it's really designed to, it can be any adult teachers, you know, just anyone off the street, um, really designed to help them understand that these things go on in our mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about two hours long, walks them through some identifying factors that, you know, you you might miss if you, you, you don't know. Um, and so we've had some teachers come through some of our public community um, classes, um, but we've really started to reach out to the Lee County School District. Um, we've done some trainings through private schools. Um, we're doing some trainings for um, summer school, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, summer programs coming mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. um, so. It, it's really a good program. It's brief, but everyone who's come through it says, hey, you know what? I've never thought about that. I've never, you know, looked at my school and said, hey, there's places in here yeah. where adults who shouldn't be around kids might yeah. be able to get yeah. them. So yeah. um, that's called Darkness Delight. So that's one of our initiatives. Um, we're having a community training next week, I believe, mm -hmm. on Tuesday um, down at the Collaboratory. But like I said, we are trying to get into um, some of our mm -hmm. schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, before we wrap up... Um, how could the community help? I know April is Child Abuse mm -hmm. Awareness Month, but but the truth is, it's it's all year, yeah, right? Absolutely. So, what could the public do to help your mission to help prevent and prevail over uh, future abuse of children? Sure. So, I think. Attending one of our sessions, our Darkness to Light sessions, we are looking to take those out more into the community. So on our website, we have a listing of our current schedule of events. Um, so attending that just so they have an awareness that it's going on. Um, and then some of the things we always suggest is coming by, reaching out to our agency and come for a tour. Oh, um, That's okay. one of the most impactful things that we see on people. So we'll do a tour for one person or we'll do a tour for 20 people. But okay. we see that when they come and they do a walkthrough of our agency, 
is when they're really like, wow, this stuff happens in our community. Mm -hmm. um, and then I find that they start going out into the community and talking to their friends and their family yeah. about it and yeah. kind of spreading that word that we're here. Mm -hmm. This is the work that we're doing. So I would encourage anyone to reach out to our agency. We will do a tour for one person or 20 mm -hmm. people. And how could they uh, reach your agency? If you could tell us your website and any contact information, sure. it'll show on the screen. Yeah, so our website is um, www.cac-swfl.org, mm -hmm. um, and they can go there, they can see any of our programs that we do and get a little bit more information, or they can call our main number at 239-939-2808, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, they'll be directed to whatever department they want to get a hold of, or um, we have staff who can just answer their questions mm -hmm. if they have them, you know, if, or if they want to schedule a tour. Mm -hmm. JJ, um, how could one support your organization, say, a millionaire is sitting at home and they're so bored and they don't know who to donate their money to. <laughs> How should they donate to the C CAC? So the, the best way to do that is to call our main number. Um, what we generally at, would like, encourage them to do is come do the tour, mm -hmm. um, but then they can speak to myself. We also have a community uh, development director mm -hmm. who is charged with doing all that nonprofit mm -hmm. fundraising mm -hmm. stuff. So her name is Rachel Peacock. Mm -hmm. um, so we would put them in touch with her okay. and then she would really coordinate that. Okay. Okay. Very good. So any any last words with some, some, something someone would be shocked to... Uh, to realize or know about uh, abuse or just anything you like to share. Right, the stat that we keep telling everyone, especially during April, is that one out of five children will be abused in their lifetime. By age 18, I read that. Which is yeah. which is shocking when you're not in the field and you don't see it yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, so it's just being aware of that and, and it really does take a village. It does take, yeah. you, you always need to have your eyes open mm -hmm. and your ears open. Mm -hmm. And just remember that, you know, especially in the state of Florida, everybody is a mandatory reporter. So um, just Really? Be aware of everybody's immediate, yeah. So if someone sees a child being abused and they don't report it, they could be incarcerated? They, they could face punishment. You hear that, guys? You get in trouble. <laughs> you better report all the report. abuse. Right. So it's, you know, it's better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people who are out there and, and it's their job to check into that and look into it. Mm -hmm. So um, just to be aware and, and, and keep your eyes open. And, and that's what these trainings that Matt had talked about, too, are really good about is just making sure you're aware of those signs and being able to recognize things that you might not know otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so the yeah so if a parent can't reach your class or someone say they're uh, watching from another country what advice could you give them as to what those signs are some of the signs that that you see in a child that say hey I need to look into this a little bit further a behavior changes is okay. a really big one um, just just you know one of our um, newer programs Kayla's Club um, is is um, our spokesperson for that her name is Kayla Peck and she is a very very brave survivor of, of sexual abuse as a child and one thing she always says is that she was telling people without telling them through her behavior changes she was getting kicked out of her before school programs oh. her after school programs just things that all of a sudden like a, a switch flipped and it just huh. wasn't her um, she, and she feels that she's gotten older that that was a way of her kind of screaming for help um, but you know but just at the time the education and what people thought you know it just wasn't the same as it is now so mm -hmm. um, just you know drastic and sudden changes in behavior um, being closer to people um, you know I most victims of abuse know their know their abuser very rarely is it yeah. a total stranger yeah, so you're right just being aware of who your children are around who they're mm -hmm. spending time with who's asking to spend time with them mm. behavior changes things like that Hmm, interesting. 
and um, I know you're not a psychologist, but from <laughs> from your experience in matter, Jay, Jay, you could chime in. Why do you think it's so hard for children to tell an adult that they're being abused? Sure, I think it's almost like the shame that goes along with it. The children feel that you know they're they've done something wrong. That um, it's their fault that this is happening to them. So, you know, they tend to just keep it. I don't want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my fault. If I tell somebody, they're going to yell at me. And so, I think they just tend to keep it inside until until it comes out. You know, um, so again, that's that's what we see is is kids just holding on to it mm -hmm. until they're really pressed about it and then comforted to. Mm -hmm. to start talking about it mm -hmm. and, and I know say, we, we said we're going to wrap up but this is so good um, JJ if you if you could speak to a child if you could look in the camera and maybe tell them that they're not alone maybe there's support out there and how they can go about getting help and still be protected because I know they're probably afraid because like you said it's probably someone they love and they probably say oh I'll kill you or I'll kill your mother or something like that if you tell yeah I think like you said it best they're not alone they're not this is this is more common than we'd like to admit right yeah. this does happen and and there are so many good people out there you know um, always look for the good people in any situation but in this too there are so many people that you can trust that you can talk to your parents your teachers um, school resource offers officers counselors mm -hmm. anyone out there there are so many good people that are ready to help you that are willing to help mm -hmm. you and not just in that moment as moving forward too you know a lot of these kids do need a lot of services after the fact they do need counseling they need therapy they need to know that it's okay it's going to get better too mm -hmm. so there's a whole army of us out there ready to help <laughs> so um, just find that that good person and, and, and speak to them and, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Well, thank you, JJ and Matt, for, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast and share your wealth of knowledge and the impact that you're making in the community. Absolutely. Of course. Thank, thank you. you so thank much you. for having us. Uh -huh. So guys, you heard it here first. Another um, nonprofit right here in the beautiful Southwest Florida making an impact in the lives of the most vulnerable, our, ch our children. They are our future. So Please support uh, CAC. Reach out to them. Uh, you see their website here on the screen. See if you could support. And it's just not about financials. Maybe you could get involved by becoming a volunteer. Maybe becoming an advocate just to um, make a difference. Because you never know. That child might be the next president of the United States. So this is Tamika. I'm signing off. Thank you. And stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast. <music>